Aloha, mamá. Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawái es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere AroPay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Si no sabes que el Spicy McCrispy tiene Spicy Pepper Sauce en el pan de arriba y en el pan de abajo, ¿qué sabes tú de la vida? Para pa pa pa. We have heard about gentle parenting and generational trauma. Some of us struggle between what we were exposed to as children versus what we're aiming to do as parents. Today we're having what promises to be an insightful and deep conversation with Dr. Erica Velez from the podcast, The Mindful Corner, about how we could set mindful boundaries while raising our children. We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. I'm so excited for this guest because... <laughs> so I'll tell you about like the background of how this happened. So... I was going through what you like to refer to as like a season, right? I was going through a rough, rough season with Victoria. And it was like weeks of like, oh my God, when are we going to get through this? Like it was really tough. And her, our guest's Instagram account, I follow, I've been following her for a while. And her posts were just like hitting the spot for me. I was like, oh my God, it's this, it's this, it's this. And so they I were talking, I, they were speaking yes, to you. Yes, they were speaking to me. And so I sent her post to, to Maria, who helps us coordinate our guests. And I was like, we need to book her immediately. <laughs> I was like, I need to speak with her. But as life would have it, like now that we're finally chatting, we passed that stage and things are calm. And I'm like, when's this, the next one? The whole, <laughs> the whole season where you had the corner. Yes, the, I did the quiet corner. I did the little corner. tent for the quiet or the calming corner in the house. And like, I just wanted to sit there and like <laughs> hold a pillow. Like it was, position. It, was, it was rough. But like now we're in a new stage where like, everything is great and so I mean I don't know but I'm excited to talk to her and learn from her and you know just talk through things I feel like you haven't gone through one of these yet and it's just I do really I do of course I I'm do I'm like why aren't you I frazzled have. like I know, no, no of course I have I think my son has moments like he'll be amazing and then one moment he's like tossing a truck like across the room and I'm just like you can't do that So again, I'm trying to apply everything I read and I see and like, it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to throw the truck. Like the scripts that were being fed constantly. And again, that I've also heard that they do have positive results. It's just really hard at that moment. So I'm struggling and that's why I'm also excited about this conversation between what I think would work and work with me, which is like 
I want him to have a little bit of fear for his life <laughs> when I stare down at him because even my mom nowadays, she still has the same look and I'm like, oh, okay, I know. So, and I know that that's not how they're doing it, I think, nowadays. Esto ya no se hace. Pero, oh my God, sometimes I'm just like, <laughs> You're you know? like, I just want to look at you and you just have to know. You just got to know. You just got to know, like, <laughs> why are you afraid of me, child of mine? Okay, um, look, it's your so, motherish moment. Go to, you can start, you can start. Okay, my motherish moment is brief, but my mom went to Peru recently and she brought Victoria back two Peruvian like folk outfits or whatever, a little chorita dress and then another dress, which is used for like uh, dancing negroide, which is like the Afro-Peruvian dance and stuff. And like my mom showed me both of them. She was so excited to like give it to Victoria. And I go, mom, show her the like more traditional like cholita dress first. And she's like, why? I'm like, because once she sees the other one, like she's not gonna want to take it off because it's everything she's ever hoped for. Victoria for months has been asking me, mommy, yo quiero usar el que es hasta acá. Yo quiero mostrar mi panza. Like she's dying to wear like a crop top situation. I don't wear that. Nobody in our house wears that. But she wants to show her belly. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I go, the thing is that they don't make things for your size yet. But you I know? feel like Victoria like, has a little Karen inside of her. That's like, Yes, that's but it's like an old Karen. It's not the like the Karen. Karen from today. It was like all like, you know, different. But like, I see it and I'm like I know the Negroid the little outfit was like a little wrap top with like the belly showing and the midriff showing and the skirt and so just like I said it she put on the first one she goes oh it's so beautiful I love it gracias Avilela blah 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 she saw the second one and she goes este es mío and I'm like okay Okay, so yeah, it was so cute and I'm excited that she has those now for next year's like multicultural week because, you know. You posted it and I put this as my dream. <laughs> she I'm looks so, well, cute. And it was so cute. She looks so cute. So that was my mother's moment. It was like a really cute, like kind of like worlds coming together thing with her and also her desire to be 13. That's cute. Okay, <laughs> so my motherish moment of the week so Ford started jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. What? Yes. That's big. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I did a little bit of that oh, a few years ago. And his father did that for many, many years. And he's like, I don't even know what color belt. He's like, actually, very good. Um, so it was like a kind of cute to see like the next generation. And I had, I remember when I started doing it and they would show me the little kid wearing, it's called the gi, like little kimonos. It was one of those things where like, you always visualize and I always wanted like a little boy and a little gi. So when that happened and I actually didn't get to take him, my mom took him for the first time and then the dad took him the second time. So I haven't actually gone with him. But when I get the pictures, it was like a full circle moment of like, I envisioned this and it's happening. <laughs> and it was like a lot mix of emotions. Uh, and I'm praying that he likes it. So far, so good. He's been going at it for like four classes now. Of course, my mom who's like, the typical Latin grandma. He's so good. He's a natural. <laughs> he like surprisingly everything they tell him to do, he does right away. He learns, takes the picks up on it. He's so good, and it's gonna be good for. I'm like, okay, mom. I'm sure. You're like, like calm down. Very basic <laughs> stuff. Like stand in the wall, hold up your leg. Like he's not doing anything major. Say but hello. <laughs> according to my mom, he's a natural. So it, I don't know. It's just been really, really cute to kind of see, you know, something that I dreamed about a few years ago actually become a reality that's so awesome it's really cute and he looks so cute in the uniform um does he go once a week or? he goes twice a week oh, twice see, a week and he's in, in the same class as my pastor's uh two boys so it's really cute to kind of see them bond nice. and build a you know a relationship so it's really really cute 
That's awesome. So I'm excited. That was mothers. So why don't we have Dr. Erica join us and share her mothers moment of the week, and then we'll go ahead and Formally go into the conversation. Yeah. Welcome, Doctor. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed just seeing you guys share your moments, and and it sounds like so relatable the things that you guys were speaking of. Um, with regards to the little qualms we have as parents. So it's so good that you guys are have this space for parents and especially for moms. But my mother's moment of the week is like, like you too. I think sometimes we have like things that we're interested in and it's the idea that when we have children that they can share in that joy as well. And sometimes you introduce things to your children and it just doesn't stick. They don't really have you know, it, it's not their thing, right? But I made my daughter a Swifty. <laughs> and it's the best, the best. Like I slowly started introducing her to songs throughout the summer and we would watch, um, you know, Taylor Swift has been going on tour. She is six and she's in the perfect time. I was trying to introduce her to her like throughout the summer and just introduce songs. And, you know, it caught on. She was singing along and the movie came out and I was like, okay, this is the perfect moment for us to get dressed together, make friendship bracelets together. And I really think that other times in her childhood, of course, you know, taking her to Disney World and doing the Disney princesses and stuff like that, I reap joy from watching her enjoy these things. But I think this is my first motherhood milestone moment where we're both really enjoying something together. I'm not just enjoying it through her, but I'm actually really excited and having fun. And we've been to the movie three times now, which I know it's a little ridiculous, but oh, wow. it's, it's really so Swifties. Much- How are you available today when like 1989 uh, re-recording came um, <laughs> I was literally getting ready for this, playing the, the album. Um, it's been like a little bubble of me to escape to, you know, and just kind of go into this world, this Taylor Swift world. So it's been a really a nice outlet of joy for me. You know, just for my mental health, I've loved being in this bubble of the movie and now the album. It's like a little escape for me. And the you boyfriend. Know? And see, it's like, a, yeah, there's it's a like lot. so great. And so interestingly, my son is a really big football fan and the Chiefs, <laughs> they just happen to be his favorite team. Um, of course, they won the Super Bowl and all of that. And he's been like a big Patrick Mahomes fan. And then this summer, our worlds collided. Like it was the craziest thing when... You know, Taylor just happened to start dating like that, which that came out of left field, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I felt like it came out of left field. This is so now both a Taylor of our worlds Swift collided. episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to restrain me because I will take it there. But that's not what we came here to do, I'll talk about. Um, so yeah, that is my moment that her and I are like, you know, really enjoying this together. And it's just made us, our bond so much deeper. It's been really fun. It's I been really, really fun. I kind of want a girl secretly so bad now. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been wanting it, but I feel like now, I usually never cared about the sex like I'm like oh whatever I just love being my mom Is it? but lately like there's so many things that people are sharing especially as your girl's getting older yeah. and like my friend's girls are getting older and I'm like this oh. reminds me of the Mariah Carey I've been like yeah. like training Victoria on Mariah Carey and so like the other day she like I picked her up and she's like mommy can you put Mariah Carey but I want the song where she really goes ooh, ooh, and I was like she's yes she's okay <laughs> I know I feel you <laughs> aloha mama sorry por responder hasta ahora Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawái es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. 
Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arupay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com. Si no sabes que el Spicy McCrispy tiene Spicy Pepper Sauce en el pan de arriba y en el pan de abajo, ¿qué sabes tú de la vida? Para pa pa pa. So why don't we welcome Dr. Erica Valles to the podcast? She is a mother of two, clinical psychologist and the host of the Mindful Corner podcast. So welcome, Doctor. We have so much to talk about. <laughs> We're like, we need you. Um, let's talk about boundaries because, like I was mentioning briefly before, there's times where you know Ford has his good moments, and then there's moments where he just challenges me, where he just like stares me down and kind of like, well, he went through like the spitting stage, where he knew oh, that yeah, that was right. trigger me. reaction from me, so he. Just like secretly, as he's running away from me, shooting spit out of his mouth, running away, and like I don't know, he looks like an action hero villain, but like he's like, you know, but he has no fear. I mean, he's obviously just trying to get a reaction from me and grab attention. But how do we set boundaries where they feel safe and loved, right? Because I feel like that's everyone's mom's bigger fear. Like I don't want to be the bad guy. I don't want him to like not trust me or hate me, but also be firm when it comes to not tolerating this type of behavior? That's a really good question. And I really do think a lot of, it's very relatable. A lot of parents struggle with that. It's how do I set the needed boundaries that my child needs in order to keep them safe, is what you're saying, but also do it from a place that is not gonna, you know, the collateral won't be our relationship or, you know, their mental health, right? So first and foremost, I really want to expand on the definition of boundaries and explain why they're important because we need to have a why, right? We need to have a why. So boundaries are essential for our children. They create sort of like a safeguard. I like to imagine them as like an invisible gate, right? That when they know their space is clearly defined, imagine, you know, I'm setting a boundary around behavior or around what is acceptable in our family, right? It helps them create safety. It keeps them grounded and it keeps them safe. They know that within this space, I can now explore. What we know also through research is a child without boundaries feels unsafe, feels anxious, doesn't know what to expect from you. So when we define whatever these rules or limits that we set as a family and each family is going to have their own core values about what these boundaries are, I like to keep them, you know, one that I think is non-negotiable is safety, right? We need to have boundaries around safety. When we have established these boundaries, children tend to feel safer they tend to feel calmer. But the issue is for us as parents is being consistent with these boundaries, right? And being firm with these boundaries. And that's why the why is so important. So the why has to be, I'm setting these in the name of the health of my child so that they can rest in the safety of my boundary. You know, when they come into the school setting, there's boundaries, there's rules, there's class limits. And that allows them to feel safer. They know what to expect and when to expect it. And This is a fundamental for us as humans. We need to know when we go into the workplace, what are they expecting of me? What are the boundaries of my job, right? So that I know what to expect when I come in here. If every day something is new and one day my boss expects one thing and the next day he expects another and the next day 
he enforces something and the next thing he doesn't, I'm going to feel all sorts of ways, right? And even being the best employee, I might, you know, not necessarily perform at my best if there's no definition. So that's the why. We need to define in order for them to feel safe. It's essential. We need to be these leaders. So the issue is that there's going to be pushback. And that is a normal, the thing we need to remember is that is a normal and healthy part of development. The child is going to come up to the gate and push on it and say, is this gate closed? That does not mean that we're doing anything wrong. That means that they are exploring, is this gate closed? So let's say you've said something, you've said it, you've said it a million times and the child keeps pushing. They're just pushing to make sure, is this firm? Is this negotiable? Or is this a gate that is non-negotiable? So then testing your boundary is normal, it's healthy. They're just creating in their mind, okay, this is where mom is not going to push. This is a non-negotiable. And with time, it just takes time. Because remember, this is a skill that they're learning. And like any other skill, it's not a once and done thing. It takes a lot of repetition and a lot of consistency on our end. If we're not consistent, there's going to be more pushback. Because again, sometimes I push and you give in. Sometimes I push and you don't give in. So until we are consistent enough, slowly they begin to understand, okay, I'm not even going to bother pushing the gate because the gate is closed. Does that make sense for you guys? Yeah. I really envision it in that way. I just feel like I got, I'm in trouble. Like, that's it. I got in trouble. I feel like I got in trouble. <laughs> no, um, no, no, no. It makes perfect sense. Obviously, there's different personalities. Children have, they, there's of a course. range of personalities. And some children, is it normal to expect that some children push more than Absolutely. other children? And some children never get Absolutely. tired of pushing. <laughs> Asking for it's a not friend. that they don't get tired, okay? Um, Blink twice if you, know, you need help. <laughs> if you're parenting, okay, so two things. One is there is such thing as temperament. Absolutely. There is going to be children who naturally will seize easier. And then there's going to be children who have a stronger will. That's what some of us call strong will children. It's essential to know that having a strong will, these are great skills. Being able to question things, to assert yourself, to really ask, is this rule necessary, mom? That is not a bad thing. It just makes parenting this child much more challenging. If you tend to have that temperament, there's a good chance your child will too. And so it's about being able to nurture that side of their personality, their characteristics, without trying to dim that light. But parenting them absolutely is much more challenging because life is busy and we need to just go. And I don't need to explain things each and every time. I just need you to come with me. And a child that is pushing you on each boundary is going to tax you even more. But even more, you know, for firm we have to be. Because if we send mixed messages to a strong-willed child, they're going to know. Yeah, so much of it sits in ourselves, actually. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but like, we know what we need to do um, as parents, you know, and for our children. And like, I think where things get rocky, at least I, I feel this in my personal experience, it's me. Like, I'm the one who like, need to be yeah. sometimes I'm like you know what it's fine just go do this thing uh-huh. but like and then I get and then I'm the one spiraling because I'm like you, sh- you have to be firm you have to this da, 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 da. but uh-huh. it's hard it's really yeah. really hard I think that there's space for both okay so that's why I say define your non-negotiables this is a relationship that you have with your child so it's not a matter of sometimes you will be able to negotiate things And that is not, you did anything wrong, I need to be punished for it. That is, in that case, you were willing to negotiate. 
So understand that your child's going to try to negotiate other things and they'll learn, okay, some things are negotiable, mama, and some things aren't. We're not going to negotiate these things. And so what are the non-negotiables for you? And, you know, again, I say safety, disrespect. You have to see which ones these are for me. But for example, if your child is asking for 10 more minutes because they're in the middle of a game and you need to transition them to, let's say, taking a shower, is this a hill I want to die on? Or is this a moment that I can negotiate? And if you negotiate that, that isn't, you know, a loss of respect that now my child has for me. That is, we're in a relationship and I understand you. You need oh, 10 more minutes. It is what it is. He's a great negotiator. And now he learned yeah. with, now everything, instead of like telling me, no, like a tantrum, he's so smart. And he'll be like, mommy, like, I mean, can you put on your uniform, please? Like, mommy, más tarde. Like, no, he goes, next time or later. Okay. I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, it's right now. So he's not saying no. He's not saying throwing a tantrum he's not he's very calmly staring at me and telling me no not right now yeah right he's not ready for it right now so you're well, like, you did ask a question you did ask a question and he's giving you the answer and that i think is a small tweak that we need to keep in mind right so if you need your child to get right, dressed, so now i'll give him options like baby do you want me to put on uniform or do you want to put on your uniform you yeah so it's time to put on your uniform do you want me to put it on or do you want to put it on but if we ask him do you want to put on your uniform now? He's an no. intelligent kid. He's going to say, no, I don't. <laughs> you know? So it's just a matter of framing it in a way where we're sturdy. We're like, okay, we need to get dressed. Do you want to get dressed or do you want me to help you to get dressed? Just tweaking it in that way keeps us in track in the sense that our children do need us to need. Yeah, they need yeah. us to need. Yeah, Full stop. Um, they cannot be in charge. What I need help with is I'll be very consistent, right? Like with the wording, like I'm very cautious of like how I'm saying it, what I'm saying, giving mm-hmm. him options, like the gentle parenting. And I do mm-hmm. feel like 90% of the time I get good results and he like resonates well with it. And again, he's very independent. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, but then I'll explode and go crazy, right? When it, mm-hmm. for example, safety, right? The other day I'm taking a shower. He wanted to keep playing with his toys and he wanted me to play with him, but I had to go. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, babe, I'm in the shower. I'll play with him in a second, jump in the shower, and then he goes into the shower and starts banging like the glass door, like in and out, uh-huh. in and out. You know, like those doors, uh-huh. usually they go in or out, but he was forcing it so bad. At some point, he like forced it out, like the other way. Like that uh-huh. gets shattered. So uh-huh. my explosive reactions, which happen, uh-huh. I don't know, not often, but like I'm saying when I react, it's explosive, right? So I'll uh-huh. be calm for most of the time. And then I'll go crazy. So, of course, he, Uh like, pulls the door and I'm like, I lose it. I scream. I yell at him to the point Uh where he got so scared. He starts crying. And Uh now he's learned this new thing where he's like, you say sorry. Say sorry, Uh mom. Like, he'll Uh pressure me. Like, if I react in a way that scared him or, like, Uh either I pull something from him or something, you know, explosive reaction because he did something that was not okay. Like, Uh he'll force me to co-apologize, like, I'll uh-huh. apologize and then he'll apologize. If that makes uh-huh. sense. But I want to learn how to like, I guess, have more control and not let it accumulate where I explode in those scenarios. Uh-huh. If that makes uh-huh. sense. So first, when you are raising your child in this more respectful manner, they are going to be healthier individuals to some degree where they, a healthy individual will say, hey, you messed up. You need to apologize to me. Right. And that's, different for us, especially if we were raised very differently. So we have to reconcile that, that there's going to be different situations than the ones we experience as kids. A child who feels safe in your company, like you mentioned earlier, doesn't fear you. 
And I know that logically we don't want them to fear us because this should be a safe relationship. Like, I'm not a monster. I'm your mom. I want you to love me. But then when they don't fear us, we're like, wait a minute, you're being disrespectful. It's not disrespectful. It's just that they are not being brought up in the way that maybe in other generations we were brought up, right? With like that, that look, that fear. But what we know about that fear is that there's collateral. There's collateral to the relationship. There's collateral to the child's mental health that it doesn't exist in a vacuum. a lot of stuff. <laughs> Karen and I are breathing a, deep now. Yeah, it doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? So if we say, I'm going to parent with fear, shame, and threats, you're going to get better outcomes, short term. The child is going to fear you. And in order to stay safe, they're going to learn. They're going to stay in line. And so that style of parenting is always going to look in a way that reflects on you as being a better parent. We know that there's collateral to that. The child is coming from a place of anxiety. They're coming from a place of fear. And then that's going to manifest into other things. So when we remove that, when we're not parenting from that place, it does take us a little longer. It does require for us to be a little bit more emotionally regulated because they will test us. Remember, they don't fear us. So they're going to test us a little bit more and we're going to have to put in a little bit more work in explaining things and getting them to understand and helping them cooperate. But ultimately, the gift is going to be the parent-child relationship, that we're going to get the gift of just a healthier relationship, a healthier vibe in our home overall, even if it took us a little longer, okay? So in that situation that you're feeling emotionally worked up, like, oh my God, this could break, you can get hurt, and I've already told you, you feel dysregulated. And it's a natural reaction to feel that way. And what I want to say about this is that this is going to be an intentional skill for you to build. It's going to be an intentional skill for you to build where you're going to have to practice the pause and ask yourself, how do I want to respond to this in a way that's going to teach him? Because what is your role here? Your role is to guide or to teach him to not do that. And if I'm coming from a place of reaction rather than response, right? And I'm just screaming and yelling, what I'm going to do is not going to teach him anything. Instead, I'm going to behave in a way that later I have to apologize for and no lesson was taught. So really, we didn't move forward. He could come and do it again, not because he's bad or he's being manipulated, but because a lesson wasn't taught, right? And so in order to teach the lesson, we have to come from a regulated place because when we're dysregulated, we're not really good teachers. And when we're dysregulated, that's scary for them. And they're not in the mindset to learn. They're shutting down because they see us as like, you look scary, you're unhinged. <laughs> yeah. And I you know, need and to- And then it was, it actually ended up in such an emotional moment because then he was scared because I yelled at him so loud that like, he was like, uh -huh. literally he shook, like his body shook. Uh -huh. And again, it was fear of him getting hurt, right? Like if that were to shatter, it would like break all uh -huh. over him. So yeah, then he was like, okay, you apologize. I'm gonna say sorry, mom. And I'm like, okay, baby, I'm sorry. And then I said, I'm so sorry. I screamed uh -huh. at you, but I just don't want you to get hurt. And then he was like, uh -huh. okay, mom, I'm sorry for pulling the door. So then uh -huh. we hugged and then we both cried together, which is like so sweet. Yeah. And then lately now, when he's like in a good mood and he's like, he's very concerned about how I'm feeling constantly lately. Uh -huh. He'll be like, uh -huh. mommy, and I'll be driving. Are you happy? Are you happy right now? I'm uh -huh. like, yeah, maybe I'm happy. Like, you know, like he's very... I don't even want to say worried, but he's very aware of like, if I'm uh -huh. happy or sad or, you know, he likes uh -huh. to, he's like, okay, okay, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy too. Or like, uh -huh. mommy, are you sad? I'm like, no, babe, I'm not sad. Or if I am sad, yeah, babe, I'm sad or I'm crying. Like we've done a lot of uh -huh. back and forth about talking emotions. So I don't right, know if that's please. healthier enough, but I don't also want him to carry the weight with him. You know what I mean? Like, so what's the best way, I guess, to address those questions 
And are, is it healthy for him to be aware of like emotions and like how I'm feeling and not just his own feeling? So again, it's it's very new for us, right? Because it's like a lot of discussion about emotions. And then we start questioning, like, are we talking about emotions too much? But there really is no such thing. You know, he's just defining his emotional vocabulary. He's learning emotional intelligence through his relationship with you. And he's just checking in, you know, I want to go back to what happened. And I want to make sure that you don't think that what happened there what it, you're clocking that or you're telling that as anything bad you, you did something beautiful which is you repaired and i really want to make sure everyone listening knows this is that you will mess up there is no such thing as coming from a regulated place each and every time in fact i like to spend more time on the repair because since i know that this happens to me <laughs> all the time and that what we know about relationships it is it's not so much the rupture it's not so much when we get it wrong it's what happened after or what didn't happen and even think about our romantic relationships. It's not about the fight that we got into. When we're two human beings going through life, you know, sometimes projecting onto each other. It's about what happened after. Did we talk about it? Did we repair? Did we apologize? Or did we not? Did we brush it under the rug? Did we act like it didn't happen, right? So what you did there was we both had moments that we're not proud of and we're sorry and we got through it. And what you did there was so important for your relationship that I don't want you to just to gloss over it. That was the beauty of that moment. That was a gift you offered him and one that you offered yourself, which was we're both human, we both make mistakes, but we love each other and we apologize. And we really forgive ourselves, meaning you gotta forgive yourself for that. You're human, you reacted. You thought he was in danger. And he's a little kid figuring things out. He didn't know that the door was gonna do that, right? So you really have to have self-compassion, forgiveness, and move on because you repaired that. That was actually a good parenting moment. And I don't want you to categorize it as a bad one. I hope that does something for you. I love that, yes. She's like, I love yeah, that. I love it. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Esto solo es el principio. Porque lo mejor. Esto no se va a quedar así. Lo más impactante. ¿Por qué? Soy tu padre. Esta mujer me robó. Por favor, abre tus ojos. Está por venir en. ¡Pablo! ¡Entendiste! Tu vida es mi vida. De lunes a viernes a las 8 por Univisión. Y eso. Can we talk about ages? How does this dynamic progress as they become eight, yeah. ten <laughs> teenagers? My mother says this job is never over. I would like to understand yeah. what what is coming next. It does get more complicated, guys, because these are individuals that we are raising, like full human beings who are going to have more language to talk back to us with. Um, they're going to have their emotions. They're going to have bad moods, bad days, friends, you know, triggering them. Maybe some of what you mentioned earlier about after school, you know, the after school restraint collapse when they come home from school and they've been keeping it together all day. And finally, they get into your company and it's just all the behavior that you haven't seen all day at school that they've been restraining or at daycare. And now it's in your, on your lap and it's going to 
call on you to the skill of, all right, what's my role here? What is my child asking me? I always say, we're the anchors. We're the one, we're the adults in the relationship. We're the ones who have to remain in control when they're pouring all of their emotional trash onto you as if you were an emotional dumpster, right? It's hard. There's no other way around it. We are raising full human beings and it's going to be hard to navigate. But the same principles remain throughout the journey, which is I have to come from a place of empathy, a place of understanding my child. We're a team. I'm the adult here, meaning I'm the one that's supposed to understand more. I have more skills. I have more abilities. And I also have to be the first to apologize when I didn't show up in my best way, which, again, kind of happen all the time. So you bring in the same principles, the, the same principles, but it does tend to get a little bit more challenging as they move through life because life does get a little bit more complicated for them. And the little bubble that we create for them slowly starts to get bigger in the world. Yeah, all my friends who have kids that are 10 or entering that preteen, they're like, this is tough. It is tough when they go through heartbreak, peer rejection, peer difficulties, and you're helping them navigate life. I recall that era, like for myself, like very clearly. Like I, I have so much of it very present in my mind, and I remember most of it being just tough. Like you feel like your universe is visible around you. Like everything in your life, your friends, your school, that's your universe, and it's so big. And small things that happen, you know, in hindsight, they're small, but they're uh-huh. huge for you in those moments. And so. I think you know, our, our job as parents is so much more important to just kind of be there to kind of... The hardest part of this is that sometimes we will be their punching bag. Yeah. We're the safe place that they know mm-hmm. love exists unconditionally. Correct. And that means we, we're sometimes going to get the ugliest parts of them. Now, that doesn't mean we need to tolerate disrespect. Let's make sure we're clear on this. We need to tolerate disrespect or that we're not our own human and we're not going to have feelings and we're not going to be hurt by this. But just, it's really not personal. It's just that they're going through things and they're going to come and sort it out with us. And so that's why I say this parent-child, I I put place a lot of focus, a lot of focus on the parent-child relationship because we are going to be the safe harbor that they need to navigate life. They're going to go into life and life is going to do all kinds of things to them and they're going to come back and we're going to be that place of safety in the harbor, somewhere where they know they're going to be unconditionally loved and someone who's always going to be in their corner. That's our role. But it's hard to be that emotional, uh, I call it being the emotional container for our child. It's a really big challenge. That's why I think the, one of the best things we could do for our children is to really work on ourselves. Oof. You know, agree. Oof. agree. Love that. Yeah. Can we touch real quick on the different roles within a home and the parents, right? So mm-hmm. as an example, you know, I live with my husband and Victoria has a very different dynamic with him than she does with me. And, you know, there was an anecdote during the really rough Uh, season that we had where, you know, I was like, so every day, like what you're saying about like that emotional kind of like restraint at school, like every day pickup was tough. And those hours between, you know, 2 p.m. when I pick her up and 8 p.m. when she starts to kind of wind down for bed were brutal, like really, really tough. And it was long, very long. Mm-hmm. And so it had but been... in terms of like, she was challenging you. She everything. Was like, every oh, single, okay. like, let's wash our hands. Let's do that. Like, everything was a challenge. Okay. Everything. To the point where I'm like, man, 
it was just, it was rough. So during that time, you know, there was one night where I was like, I told my husband, I was like, I, I need to go out. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to go out to have dinner with some friends to feel like a human being uh-huh. right now. Like I can't, whatever. And so I'm like, you're going to take on, you know, dinner, bath, bedtime, whatever. And so, you know, he said it jokingly, but he was like, we had the best night. I don't know. Like she, everything was so smooth and whatever. And I'm like, cringing because I'm like why why but in the end I I told him I go I think it's because I'm the one that sets the the laws the boundaries like Uh the things and so maybe it has something to do with that like you're the they don't spend as much time together because he works out of the home sometimes and like he sees her like very briefly in the morning before school and then after work which is only maybe like a two-hour time and so the bulk of it, you know, is on one parent. And that I think can make them maybe act up more with one person because they know that, I I don't know. But I'm just wondering if like, this is a common thing and how the kids know, right? Before we go into that, I think they know because also when she mentioned the school boundaries, like it happens to most parents, right? Where they'll, they'll talk to the teacher and the teacher will give them feedback. How Oh my God, he's a saint. Everything's perfect. He follows rules. So they know where there's boundaries and where and who they could push, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Doctor, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. No, no. You're both right. And your instinct here, Karen, is spot on. What we know is that children behave differently with their primary parent, right? The primary parent. And that seems to be you, Karen, right? Again, one of the best or easiest ways for me to explain childhood or children, you know, difficulties with adults is to go back to the romantic relationship, okay? Because it's another very similar example. Let's say you have a really hard day at work and a lot of things are happening in your, you know, you're just very stressed out. Sometimes, not always, because we're adults and we have skills, you are going to be your ugliest self with the person who least, you know, deserves it, which is your partner. Like you're in a bad mood and you're just like, oh, I just need a second. And you're not proud of how you behave this way. So, you know, maybe it doesn't happen often, but I'm sure many could relate to like, okay, I snapped on you. It, it really had nothing to do with you, but it's because I feel safe with you that I am offloading all this other stuff that has nothing to do with you, right? So that's that what happens with our kid is that everything that they've built up at school or imagine by two o'clock, how many rules she's had to follow. When she comes home, not only is she safe in your company, she knows mom unconditionally loves me. You've already built that with her. So there's a little bit of safety. I can push a little bit more with you because you're safe as opposed to my teacher, right? I don't have that sense of safety yet with her. So there's that piece. And there's a piece that you are sort of trying to navigate her through the afternoon, shifting her. And so it's like more compliance, more cooperation is asked of her in her relationship with you. Whereas maybe dad is coming in and it's more fun and it's not as often that she's interacting with him. So she gets to experience a different side of herself that's much more chillingly back when she's with him. And you're a full person with feelings and that's gonna sometimes feel hurtful. Like, man, why do I get this side of my child that my husband gets to enjoy, you know, that he gets this, you know, bubbly, fun side to her and I get the darkest, hardest (laughs) part of her. But it's correlated with safety. And that's just what you have to think is that it's correlated with safety. And so to navigate those periods, I would say have her be, give her back control as much as possible. You know, as, as in every chance you get, give her back control. So if it's time to do homework, it's homework time. Do you want to do it here or do you want to do it there? You know, right. in any way as possible, give her back control because she's likely pushing back on you because, and I get it, you just have to navigate the afternoon 
but it's after a full day of being controlled, of having to... It, it does make feed. you feel, Dr. Little Crazy, though, when you get feedback about a certain behavior that's so difficult for yourself, right? For example, like you said, like the afternoon or the nighttime uh-huh. or the morning. is like when Ford's dad is like, his favorite line is, he's so easy in the morning. <laughs> and I honestly feel like the twilight zone. Like, uh-huh. what are you talking about? He's... Uh-huh. Not that he's super difficult, but it's difficult. He doesn't want to put on the uniform. Mm-hmm. He wants to watch TV. He wants you to cuddle in bed with him. He does. He just wants to spend. And I, I don't know if like just with me, he'd rather spend more time. So he doesn't want to go to school. So he fights mm-hmm. everything. But it's just funny when you get feedback about a certain thing that's challenging for you. Mm-hmm. And they, mm-hmm. you know, that line to me, like I have to laugh now, but he's so mm-hmm. easy yeah. to I, go I, to, you know, I was also told him out like, of the park. I was also he, told like, oh, the thing is that like, I make it fun. Like I turn it into a game and da, da, da. And I'm like, I can't do that sometimes. Have, yeah, you don't like, have the bandwidth for that. I don't, I can't. Like, I'm like, my job is not just to play with her. My job is to also the groceries and the, da, 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 I actually have to accomplish other things while being with her. And I think that's where it gets complicated, right? Because like in some roles, like, yeah, your only focus is the child. And yeah, sure. It's the only focus, like, chilling but like no <laughs> what, what I did I, well, you know what I was just like I turned it around instead of like making me feel like I'm crazy and something's you know mm-hmm. I kind of like embrace it and like okay that's good I'm happy you have that moment with him I'm happy mm-hmm. it goes well for you I'm happy that mm-hmm. you don't resent spending time with him because you know it could be difficult if you are faced with those challenges constantly all the time so I'm kind of just like let it go and I'm like you know what I'm happy he's easy with you I'm happy he's mm-hmm. like a dream, a saint, great. You know, like I've kind of, kind of just let it go and kind of embrace that that's their experience and my experience, for whatever reason, could be different sometimes. There's different terms with dad as there is with mom. You know, there's different expectations. And so obviously you're going to get a different outcome. So you have to see from that lens, like it doesn't always mean that my child feels a certain, that's the thing about parenting. It's like everything feels so personal, but most of it isn't. Most of it is not personal. Your child is not purposefully trying to give you a hard time. Your child is like purposefully not trying to manipulate you. Your child is just figuring out life and they're saying, okay, sometimes she'll cuddle me for an extra five minutes. Sometimes she won't. So I'm going to try. Could today be that time? And so they're just trying to see if today is the day. And so reframing that I think is really important because if we're coming from a place of being personally offended, then it's going to be very easy to be to get in our feelings about this. But it's rarely, rarely, rarely personal. It's rarely about us. It's just, again, dad has probably the bandwidth to come in with energy and with fun. And so, of course, you know, it's a new person. And throughout the day, it's a new person. Like now dad is coming in. He wants to play. You're going to get a different version of her. It's amazing. I mean, this all this parenting, it's so tough. Like, I think it's the hardest thing I've ever had to experience. Then you have these, like, really rewarding moments where, where you're like, I'm doing something right. You know, I, I, was, I was really frustrated about something the other day. And Victoria, she's four, by the way, four years old. She comes, she holds my hand. She goes, Mommy, you just need to breathe. And if you breathe... You're going to calm down and everything is going to be fine. And I was like, okay. You're like, I'm this, this human being is like, she's going to be a good human. I know they have their moments. 
I know. No, so but sweet. I mean, but that's what, but that's what yeah, matters. I'll take all of it if we get to know that this human is going to be something like that. You know, it makes it all worth it. But it's so hard. She got that from you. She got that from 100%. you. 100%. Right? She totally, she, she mothered me. She mothered me. Yes. It's like what you pour into it. Yeah. Like I always th- see parenthood as like the relationship as like an investment where you're putting in, you're putting in, you're putting in. And sometimes you don't see the dividends. You're like, I've been investing and I'm not getting, you know, yeah. it's just like, Tira, throw me a bone. I keep investing. <laughs> yeah. But then you get those moments where you really realize the beautiful gift it is to invest in this relationship because it's mutually rewarding. And, you know, it, it really is so meaningful when you see what you've poured into them come back to you. Yeah. I went sure. to, oh, I think I told you the story. I went to a kid's party, one of Ford's classmates' birthday party. And, and you know, we at the end of the party, you kind of get in the car. And I was just so excited. I was like, oh, you know, baby, you got to play with all your friends. And it was so much fun. And he's like, yeah, mom. And then he held my hand. And he's like, but you're my best friend. <laughs> and I just, I got tear. I mean, I'm getting teary now, but it's just like, and I felt like you really, really meant this. And it was like a nice reminder, like, I appreciate you and I love you and, you know, I'm his best friend. Yeah. And we cannot forget that, that children are wired. We are wired to want to do right by our parents. They are so, so forgiving. They love us so much. Right. And so that has to be something that we don't lose sight of, that we play such an important role for them and that they are just trying to please us, really. And so... If we see them through that lens rather than, you know, maybe some old school way of seeing it, like as their behavior being manipulative or that I have to show them, it could be done in a healthy way in which, you know, we could lead them, we can guide them. I want to make sure that gentle parenting is not asking you to be somebody you're not, where you have to like speak with a certain voice. Because I feel like that needs to be demystified a little bit, especially for Latina. Mom like, get it. Not, like I try to explain to her, she's like, yeah. "You give him too many options. You da, da, da. like cuando tú eras chiquita, you know the whole thing. Nosotros, yeah. I would tell you what to do, and you would do it. And I'm like, okay, mom. Like it's it's very hard to try to communicate and uh-huh. teach them to be on the same page as you. That's you know? a huge one. Yeah, that's so, a huge thing. Yeah. This was great. This was such a great chat. I think that we could have you on for like 17 more episodes. Uh, whole season. <laughs> yeah. This is the Mindful Corner Motherish season. <laughs> I'd love to come back. We could do it again whenever you guys like. Thank you. Thank you. We could close off, Doctor, with like some inspirational words. I know sometimes people are listening to this and when they're really like going through some challenges or when they're feeling alone because I feel like sometimes every mom I hear has very similar experiences but for some reason they always feel like it's only their child or they're or they are the only ones feeling at being a mom or you know it's it's crazy how like they feel so lonely sometimes I think the most important thing the most profound thing that we need to remember especially tying it back to what we just talked about of even our parents in good faith trying to help us, right, parent, is that you are the best mother for your child. No one is the expert in your child more than you. And so lead with that. No one knows your child more than you. You are the best mother for your child. And really connect with that. Really, truly connect with that. Our children are here to really teach us about ourselves. Often they point to areas in our lives that we need to work on. They could be our life's greatest teacher. In fact, I believe that. I believe that our children reveal to us everything we have left left to learn. 
and sometimes left to heal. But we are the best mother, the best mother for our child. There I might be talk. other mothers doing other things. <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> like, Thank you, doctors, so much for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Till next time. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere AroPay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Familia querida de Univisión, aquí Lucero para decirles que no se pueden perder el gallo de oro. Lunes a viernes a las 9 por Univisión.